From the capital city, I'm Jazz Garrett. On Tuesday, the Juneau Police Department held a retirement ceremony for two of their officers. Officer Jim Esbenshade with 14 years of service and Officer Don Ward with seven years of service both retired from JPD. Officer Esbenshade took on special assignments such as being a field training officer and a crisis negotiator. He gives remarks. I love working with these guys and like I came from construction at one point and I didn't really feel like they had my back in many occasions but here at the police department they do and they proved it on many occasions. He plans to travel with his spouse and enjoy time with his children and grandchildren. Officer Ward has been in law enforcement since 1992, holding positions such as patrol investigator, special response, and SWAT team member. He joined JPD in 2016. Officer Ward talked on moving to Juneau from Tennessee after coming here on a cruise. It stuck with us when we went home and thought about it. And it was like the, this area, it, it, it brought us in here. And uh, we, we decided, because I could, it was, it was the right time in our life, but we go all in for Juno. But we said four years. <laughs> we would do four years. And uh, so Juno brought us here. We got here with the people who kept us. Officer Ward and his wife of 38 years plan to move back to Tennessee to be closer to family. He is a fourth-generation soldier, a veteran of the U.S. Army and the Tennessee Army National Guard. Deputy Chief David Campbell called the retirement ceremony bittersweet. They're, they're bittersweet because on one hand, we're very happy to see our, uh, our brothers here retire and start the next chapter in their lives. Of bitterness and that we don't run have the daily interactions that we're used to having um, with, our, with our friends. Authorities have recovered the bodies of two sisters on board a fishing charter boat that was found partially submerged off southeast Alaska amid rough seas. They were recovered from the boat around 5 p.m. yesterday and taken to the state medical examiner's office. Two others remain missing from the charter, which was taken by two vacationing couples. The names of those deceased and those still missing are available to read on KINYradio.com. The 30-foot aluminum charter vessel was overdue Sunday evening and last seen earlier that day near Sitka, southwest of Juneau, according to the Coast Guard. Crews later found the boat off an island about 10 miles west of Sitka. U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan, a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, released the following statement yesterday after news reports surfaced of Chinese citizens suspected of espionage attempting to breach military installations in Alaska. Whether it's a Chinese spy balloon, Russian bear bombers, or this new reporting of suspected Chinese spies in Alaska, this is another wake-up call that we are in a new era of authoritarian aggression led by the dictators in China and Russia. Of course, it's also another example of just how important Alaska is for America's national defense. Other countries clearly are focused on Alaska. And in my oversight capacity on the Armed Services Committee, I am pressing for more details on these alleged security breaches and will continue to work with the Department of Defense to ensure our installations in Alaska remain secure. Coming up next on News of the North, Kate Charles is hosting a book signing event tomorrow for First Friday, and U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski has introduced bipartisan bill to support rural fishing communities. And the First Things First Alaska Foundation came onto Action Line to wrap up Mining Month. Coming up next with Jordan Lewis. 
Welcome back to News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. Kate Troll came out of Capital Chat to talk about her memoir, All in Due Time. She'll be signing copies for First Friday tomorrow at the downtown Hearthside Books, and the book signing will take place from 4.30 to 7 p.m. A discovery story about how I was looking for a possible half-sibling, and I found two full siblings. Total surprise, and this journey took about a year and a half. You know, it was not a, a, a linear journey, if you will. There were lots of twists and turns. I, it, it was a type of story that just unfolded, and just as a writer, you know, when you get a good story comes your way, you recognize it. And I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a few notes here and keep track. And it's uh, the subtitle is, uh, it's a memoir of siblings, genealogy, secrets, and love. Troll gives more insight into her book. One thing I'd like to make sure the readers uh, or the listeners uh, recognize is when I wrote this, it's not just a discovery journey. There are key points and uh, twists and turns in the story that allow me to reflect on current social events, like how much of our political ideology comes from genetics. You know, that's an interesting topic. So I looked at the topic of birth order and how that affects uh, one's personality. One of the interesting things was I found an historical account of homes for unwed mothers the one that my mother ended up going to that I didn't know about In this way, All in Due Time provides a unique glimpse into how far women have come in the last 70 years Artist Rick Pruitt will also be hosting a showcase of his woodworking and Troll's daughter will play live music and my daughter, Erin Heist, is going to be playing music. She has a CD out of original songs. Um, in fact, most people nowadays know me as Erin's mom. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's going to be very nice. And if you want copies, they'll be available at Harside. U.S. Senators Lisa Murkowski and Angus King have introduced bipartisan legislation to expand financial support for America's fishing communities. The Fishing Industry Credit Enhancement Act would allow businesses that provide direct assistance to fishing operations, like gear producers or cold storage, to access the same farm credit system already offered to service providers for farmers, ranchers, and loggers. You can read more about this on our website, kinyradio.com. And the First Things First Alaska Foundation came on to Action Line to wrap up talking about Mining Month. Executive Director Don Haberger talks on the state of Alaska's document on responsible resource development, Alaska Standards. It was announced on May 24th. And really, it kind of uh, chronicles Alaska's ability uh, for st- sustainable energy and development. And the whole concept is our constitution, which requires that uh, resources are sustainable uh, and perpetual for future generations. So the whole idea that the state of Alaska is doing responsible development is is paramount, and uh, it is something that uh, we at First Things First Alaska Foundation pay a great deal of attention to. Board member Frank Bergstrom speaks to the economic benefit of both mines. Uh, Greens Creek and Kensington are both uh, directly employing something on the order of 400, 450 people. The average wage in the mining business about $130,000 a year. It's a substantial salary. It's not only the average, but the starting salaries are in six digits. So it's a tremendous opportunity for kids coming out of school to get into technical fields. And they pay together, they are the two highest property tax tax-paying entities in the borough, so we're talking a lot of money there to the benefit of all. 
You can listen to the full program on our website, KINYradio.com. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Jordan Lewis for News of the North.